You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, ProLeftPod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for September 21st, 2018. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, which is one of the wettest podcasts we've ever seen from the standpoint of water, it's The Professional Left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. Another big week. full week. Uh, I should should let you know, Blue Gal, before we go on, all of our sponsors fired us. Uh, Why? For our salty talk. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. Yeah. All of our fake sponsors, <laughs> they all fired us. Uh, which means, shit, they actually listened to what we're doing, and who knew that would ever happen? Um, <laughs> go with podcasting being dead and all. I heard that podcasting is dead now. Yes. Yes. Lot, I heard the sla- Slate is giving up podcasting. Sure. And BuzzFeed is giving up on podcasting. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it is a testimony to the fact that podcasting is work. It is. It really it's is. Work. And it's actual and it requires a tremendous investment of time and energy to prepare for it, to get ready to do one. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you're going, if you don't have a full staff, if you're trying to do it with just, say, maybe two people doing it. Yeah, that's it, crazy. It, it takes all week. It takes, yeah. you know, building up your uh, knowledge of your whatever topic you're talking about and then collecting information all week about it and organizing it into some sort of document and recording it and then editing it. It takes all oh, week to do that. That's, that's nuts. Well, and this is where, you know, when asked for advice, we do tell people to start by blogging, start by writing. Right. Right. Or or podcast about something that you already have as a passion in your life. Right. If if it's politics, yeah, you should be you should be a blogger for three years. Three at least three years. Yeah. We we were bloggers for six. Yeah. Unfortunately blogging is dead. So blogging's dead too. So (laughs) No, but but seriously, i I've joined uh, Buzz Sprout, our podcast host has started a Facebook group for podcasters this week. I mean, welcome to 20, you know, 1998, but uh, yeah, they've started one and there are people, there are people on that group who have only done three episodes so far and are asking really basic questions like how often do you podcast? Well, the answer to that is once a week without fail, don't miss a week. You should have 52 episodes in the can in a calendar year Yes. So that your audience knows that you're dependable. Right. And if you uh, can do two a week or three a week or five a week, believe me, believe me, I would love to do this five days a week or four oh, days yeah. a week. Oh, yeah. And we could. All we'd have to do is do nothing but this. Right. Right. If this and was that, all we had to do all day and we and we got paid for it, you know, that would be great. But yeah. It's it takes us a week to do the show <laughs> and, right. and, all, and everything else that we have to do. So... Mm-hmm. I want to thank everybody who sent us stuff. Someone sent us a bat catcher yeah, they anonymously, did. an anonymous bat catcher, uh, which we will hold on to because, as we said a couple weeks ago, we had a bat in our house. A uh, couple people have sent me yarn. I want to thank Kirk for sending me some yarn, from, which is uh, from his uh, closet or back of a drawer or whatever. But it it is uh, leftover yarn that he found and wanted to find a home for, and we have found a home for 
the stuff that I couldn't use now has a home and the stuff that I can use is in my stash. So thank you. Uh, our friend from si- back in the science fiction university days, Doc Based Herman, sent me some yarn that is yes. spun from his sheep and pictures of his sheep. And uh, I love that. And I already have a plan for what I'm going to do with that. <laughs> Very natural. Uh, it's it's um, you can smell the lanolin on it and it's got little pieces of hay and it's just fantastic sheep origin yarn. And so um, I'm going to knit that up and wash it after it's knit so that it can felt and make a bag out of it and then maybe embroider the bag. And so I'll be done with that in about 2024. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's cast on month here. Yeah. It's cast on month here. This is, I've been uh, organizing my time by finishing up projects for three months and then giving myself a month to try new uh cast on new projects so this is cast on month um and and just in case you're wondering what the noise is in the background we are recording this on friday afternoon um it's homecoming weekend it's homecoming weekend yeah and we are uh it's a it's an institute day at the local school that that cages our children (laughs) Uh, they're home home. high school girls are home today yes there is currently a a door slamming french farce going on upstairs (laughs) upstairs because Well, I think I think the one that the one is the one that's a freshman is going to the dance and uh, the other one was on the homecoming court last year. And now she's just jaded. Now she's over it. Yeah. Middle child was on homecoming court. But but actually uh, this she was going to be. But uh, Mitch McConnell said she couldn't be and (laughs) held that seat open for Kavanaugh. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a Speaking good one. Speaking of jaded, you know. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So, middle child uh, went to uh, is involved in city government, mayor's council, right? Yeah, yeah. and they 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 go to the city hall and so on and so forth. And the city is rightly freaked out by the fact that um, people move away. Yes, this is a small city, and young people leave and go to the big city, and they go away, and and they're they are. I'm involved in, you know, 17 different committees on an entirely voluntary, <laughs> unpaid basis, trying to get people to understand that that cannot continue. That as much as uh, the people who are retired or retiring may want to vote for Donald Trump and and die in air-conditioned comfort, um, there will come a day when they have to replace themselves with people who are not 80 years old. Right. And those right. people are not going to be here if you make it impossible for them to stay. And uh, so that was the subject on a much smaller scale of her conversation, of her group's conversation with the city. And she came back and said, shit, (laughs) these people are nuts. They don't want to hear anything. They want to hear what they want to hear. They want the cheapest, no cost, let's put up some banners solution to a problem that she said was about there's no opportunities for people who graduate high school in our town. She was very clear about that. There just aren't. And yep. unless you go about the business of making it a priority of building businesses here and growing businesses here and opening, you know, and, and starting factories and companies and all kinds of stuff. Internships, all kinds yeah. of things that make it possible and attractive for someone who's 18 yeah. to either get a job or have have a vision of going to school and actually getting a job. And right. there is a community college here. There is a, a branch of U of I. But because the right person owned the land, they built it way out in the middle of a cornfield. Right. And so it is not part of the downtown. It is not part of the city itself. And 
even just opening up two or three buildings as adjuncts or extensions of the community college yeah. and would would make such a difference to, you have, where they we already have brew pubs, we already have coffee shops we already have yeah. all those things if you make students able to attend school downtown and get their you know uh associate's degree is anything what it is court reporting is it would be a good one uh, i know they do have some medical students downtown but they need more they need you know to move to all this. that downtown <laughs> you know you used to do this for a living right yeah, you used yeah. to do this for a living. Exactly. And, and looking at all these empty storefronts and like, you yep. know, you could put a training center here and training yep. center there and you could do all these. these, And it's not for lack of the constituent components to do it. It's the lack of anyone to put them together, make them into a, a supply chain for people mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and then do it. Right. Uh, everyone and the fact thinks, that our 15-year-old gets it and actually right. sees 16. beyond high school – 16, my dear. Well, oh, that's right. She's driving. She's 16. Driving. Yeah, sorry about but, that. But she clearly sees, and I know that she's been indoctrinated by us, and we talk this, yes. this is the water in which she swims, but <laughs> she really does get it that yeah. you need to have a draw to keep young people here. Yeah. Or you and need to have not- a draw to bring immigrants in. You can do it the other way. You can bring in lots of immigrants and have them be the tax base. And there is such an objection to that among people who are wondering why, why don't my grandchildren want to live in Springfield, Illinois? (laughs) And yet they want Springfield to be white and white and white and white. So they want want the city to be the city they grew up in. Yep. Yep. Very much so. 1971 was the golden age of Springfield, Illinois. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and everyone works for the every, all the retirees here. This is a little unfair. Most of the retirees here are retired on a state pension because everybody right. worked for the fucking government. Right. So that's just, yeah. you know, that's and that worked great for them. That was, this was a company town. That was the business. Um, and it's that the, the maddening part of this, as with most other political, social, cultural, economic problems at this scale, it's fixable. Right. It's actually fixable. It's just that there is no one up outside of my imagination who who is going, who's putting the pieces together and making it a priority and then paying for it. Right. All this shit costs money. It doesn't cost a lot of money. One of the things that we we selling points we made about manufacturing when I worked in the city of Chicago, saving the manufacturing base was it's not that we need a whole lot of new money. It's the resources you're spending now are are grossly misspent. They're being mm-hmm. pissed away. There's no coordination. Everyone's off in their own little little silo. Everyone's doing their own little thing. It's not for lack of spending. It's that you have no vision for how to make A lead to B lead to C. And we do. And we can make that happen. But you're going to have to change a whole lot of attitudes at city colleges and high schools and companies and so on. And we'll do that too. But you have to institutionalize that change and you have to hire people like me to do it because sitting around hoping that some group of volunteers is going to magically appear and do it all for nothing will never happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that's anyway, the, it was a delight to have her come home and just basically sound like me at the end about she did. She did. She sounds like you, which These is fuckers. Welcome to parenthood. <laughs> yeah. like, cool. Well, we, we want to get into the whole Kavanaugh fiasco. Yeah, yeah we do. And I don't know whether to work forward or backwards on this. Donald Trump uh, broke his Twitter uh, ban today. Yeah. Uh, finally, um, 
as as anyone could have predicted, uh, Senator Collins said she's appalled at him tweeting about her, about Dr. Ford. Yeah. And uh, that could mean nothing. You know, I don't trust any Republican in this scenario no. at all. Nope. Nope. Uh, so that was today. Um, last night we had this really odd uh, and I think disqualifying event where uh, this right wing lobbyist guy uh, was pointed to by Republicans on Twitter. Watch his Twitter stream. He's going to have stuff to talk about. And then it turned into this game of clue on Twitter where we have a right. map of a house and a Google map of the town and where people lived and all trying to create a scenario where okay, Dr. Ford was attacked, but it was somebody else. It was some doppelganger somewhere. And here's a possible house where it could be. And here's a possible map of the upstairs. And here's a, it was bizarre. And at exactly the same time that that was going on on Twitter, I was reading on Twitter about a uh, town in New Hampshire, a coastal town where a whale had, a baby whale had been found dead on the beach. And, uh, oceanographers and scientists were had wrapped the whale and were lifting it and attempting to transport it to a place where they could do an autopsy, which is very important because if the whale has been poisoned or uh, if there's some sort of uh, environmental issue that killed the whale, they need to find that out. So, right. uh, but they tried to put this baby whale in an empty dumpster. <laughs> and the film of that is all over Twitter of this poor dead baby whale flopping on the top of a dumpster and then falling to the cement. Uh, yeah. And it just seemed to me that these two were somehow psychically linked that <laughs> because the result was the same, you know, you, right. you accomplished absolutely nothing and made yourself look like an idiot. Yeah. And uh, and really, your motivation was was to do something quick and easy. And also this this guy who had this doppelganger thing. It was so Trumpian. Yes. Ed Whalen. Right. It was so Trumpian to do this, to, to try to find a way to craft a story. And usually we like to craft stories. Uh, We're all about finding the right language to talk about things. But when your story is just bullshit and everyone knows it's just bullshit. I mean, this is this is exactly what Trump tried to do on Air Force One with Hope Hicks and Don Jr. And let's come up with a memo or a story that that gets Don Jr. off the hook. Well, everybody knew what he was doing. And too many people have forgotten that he obstructed justice in that particular instance, let alone all the other times. Uh, so, so this, the, the, the part of this that makes it disqualifying is it appears as though Kavanaugh, who, by the way, has spent four days inside the white house bunkered with the comm team to try to save his nomination, which already creates problems in terms. Well, let's, let's remind ourselves who is heading the, the comms team at the white house. Yeah, it's, uh, Middle the guy from Fox News who the protected guy from Fox News, whose job it was to protect <laughs> Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly. Bill O'Reilly. So he's got all the skills. Yep. From being outed as these sexual predators, they were at yep. Roger Ailes' sexual predator petting zoo. Right. 
That's the guy who runs comms of the White House now. Yep. His boss is a sexual predator. He's the protector of sexual predators. Everyone there is on the same team when it comes to protecting white guys, rich white guys who want to use the office as as a uh, as uh, as a hunting ground, right? For women, and, for women employees and at work. Yep, he's yep. their comms guy now, yep. and that's just amazing. And the person who picked this shit up, this is why you know. Benghazi was not a one-off. Yeah, and and Vince Foster was not a one-off, and 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 uh, PizzaGate was not a one-off. This is what they do. Mm-hmm. This is who they are. Mm-hmm. They just make shit up. And when you're when we do appreciate crafty language and good plots, but when you when you walk into a room and there's a a a, a moron sitting in his own shit, writing on the walls in shit, and looks up and says, "Oh, uh, there was a shit monster uh, came in the window." <laughs> And created all this shit. I don't know what happened, man, but it was sure shit wasn't me. And there's no window in the room, yeah, you know. It's yeah. like, and and a third of the public are such fucking brain dead livestock at this point. They don't know or they don't care. Or they think it's brilliant. Yeah. And so the person who picked this up and ran with it was Kathleen Parker. Yeah. Yeah. Kathleen Parker, who's the Pulitzer Prize winning uh, columnist, conservative columnist in the Washington Post, who who should goddamn well know better. But, you know, hey, why not? I, I'm, no one's going to fire me. Kathleen Parker rose to our attention many years ago mm-hmm. when she wrote a, a an article about why Sarah Palin was unfit to be vice president. That's right. And suddenly, her her the next column she wrote was, I'm a bitch, I'm a monster, and I should be killed like nine different ways. Suddenly, all the Republicans who had been, of course, shitting all over liberals for decades – turned on her all of her good people all of her friends all of her all of her supporters all of her readers suddenly bared their fangs and ripped her throat out because she stepped off the reservation she wasn't loyal to the team and this is team politics and she suddenly got a glimpse of what we've been seeing for decades and it completely freaked her out because she didn't have any idea because of course she didn't. She's a little Beltway person. Right. She writes about the imaginary Republican well, and, Party. Well, and as long as, she, like you say, she stayed on the reservation, no one was going to threaten her. Sure. But then, yeah, and she did. And so, jump ahead eight years. What do we find? We find her now. Well, fuck it. Who cares? Right. You know, there are no standards anymore at all. So, and of course, Ross Douthat. Yes, weighed in on Twitter because you know what? Ed Whalen is a guy that all conservatives know. He's a he's an advocate. Yep. He's an activist. And they're all in the same fucking team. He's well and so funded. Yep. Because I and I'm quoting him directly now, quoting New York Times op-ed columnist Ross Cardinal Duthat now. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know Ed Whalen, which makes me assume there's more reason to believe the doppelganger theory than just what he tweeted. We'll see. Mm. See, it's always credible when it comes from someone you know. Right. And so Pizzagate gets run, run up the flag. Benghazi gets turned into a two-year um, target practice on Hillary Clinton. Uh, but 3,000 people dead in Puerto Rico, that's just something you shrug off. Yeah, yeah. And long as it was the wrong war, well, you know, people make mistakes. What are you going to do? And that's why these people can't be governing anymore. They can't be in charge of our government anymore. They have to all go. Donald Trump is not, you know, a one-off either. Exactly. He's the fruit of a poison tree. And the, the tree's rotten all the way to the roots, and it all has to go. And the other cherry on the top of this Sunday is that the guy who uh, Whelan outed as a possibility of, as an attacker uh, yeah. against Dr. Ford is someone who was a character witness for Kavanaugh. Yeah. So... <laughs> 
And and you outed one of your own. You outed another rich Republican frat boy who is on Kavanaugh's side in order to distract people from the fact that Kavanaugh is coming is acting like a guilty person. That's what well, and, and you and and the subtext of that story is you know, there was just so much rich, white, privileged asshole ass grabbing and, and molestation. And molestation and, and, and drunk molestation of women. Right, right. It just happened all the time. Who knows who did it this time? Everybody took their turn. And that's the subtext of, of the alibi right. that's being offered. Right. You know, that who could possibly know? Because there were so many of them and they were all doing it. Right. Um, and I do have a suggestion. If Mr. Judge, yes, uh, the third party of this is not. Uh, because the Senate is still, the Republican Senate is still rigging this process to make sure that, and Mitch McConnell today said, we're going to ram this through. Absolutely. Don't worry he about promised it. the gonna... faith and, fr- or not faith and freedom, excuse me, values, values voter. voter coalition that uh, he's going to be a, a, a justice. Yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry. We're going through. Don't worry. This is, and and everyone's on board. And it's, and it's this weird thing that, why is this particular guy so fucking important? I, why isn't any other Federalist stooge who, who do exactly the same thing? Why this guy? Why is this guy really, really? Because why the Judicial the- Crisis Network and right-wing, well-funded assholes have blown in a call to say, him or we're done with you. Right. And they're and used so my- to getting, they're used to making those threats. They did it with the tax bill. Yeah. And they got what they wanted. They're, they're used to it. They're used to being in charge of this party. It is utterly corrupt from stem to stern. And I, if I'm Kamala Harris, yep, or um, uh, my new favorite senator, uh, all due respect to the glorious senators from my own home state, but Maisie Hirano is kicking a lot of ass. She is. She knows some <laughs> words like like bullshit. <laughs> she knows some special Hawaiian words I never knew before, <laughs> like bullshit. Um, <laughs> But if I'm them, the first question for uh, for Brett Kavanaugh is uh, your good friend, uh, Mr. Judge, mm-hmm. uh, in his book says you were a blackout drunk in high school. Is that true? Yeah. 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 How many times in high school did you drink to the point where you couldn't remember what you were doing? Yeah, well, you um, said you were part just... of the 100 keg club. Did, did you actually succeed in drinking 100 kegs of beer yourself in a year, which is what you said you How were going to do in your year in your yearbook? How? How many times did you pass out from being drunk? Right. How many times do you know, don't remember what you did when you were drunk? I would put his ass on trial immediately. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No wind up, no nothing, and just say, well, your memory can't be trusted. Right. Because you don't remember half of what you did because you were drunk all the mm-hmm. or, or is your – now, if there's some confusion about this, why don't we bring in Mr. Judge? I'm just reading from his book now. Right. Why don't we bring in Mr. Judge and swear him in? Uh, uh, Senator Grassley, there seems to be some some question about the testimony and I think it'd be really helpful if we had Mr. Judge here and, and to testify directly, because I still think this guy's going to get on the court. It's absolutely time to subpoena him. It is. Yep. Yeah. Well, I still think that that the next you know uh, Supreme Court justice is going to be Brett Kavanaugh. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's going to be Brett Kavanaugh because Mitch McConnell and Chuck Grassley and the rest of the scumbags on the right have just decided. It's the only people who are dumb enough to play by the rules are Democrats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're going to get shit through. We don't care that he lied under oath. We don't care that we locked away millions of his documents. Fuck it. We don't care about a goddamn thing. We're going to get this. We stole this seat from Barack Obama to begin with, and we're going to use it to pack the court. Because what we know is we're going to be in electoral trouble from now mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. 
So we need uh, we need to lock down control of the only branch of government that is not subject to elections mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for 30 mm-hmm. years. We need to pack this court with enough wingnut operatives that it doesn't really matter what Congress says anymore or who's president because we'll have our guys on the court adjudicating every fucking thing in our wish book forever. And and the only way that, that they'll be stopped is by amending the Constitution. Yep. And as long as we keep a small enough group of, of radical right-wing assholes in Congress, and that means 30, 30 senators and 35 senators, and that's – Montana, Wyoming, mm-hmm. all the all the red states. As long as we keep that core of people, we can prevent anything from stopping them ever. And let's let's and just be clear: the people that are paying for all these pro Kavanaugh ads and who are clearly blowing in calls to McConnell and so forth, saying just get this done. The Judicial Crisis Network is funded by the Wellspring Committee, and that's funded by the Kochs. So right. it's it's a direct line, no question. They bought. They are buying state house and state courts, and they're buying the Supreme Court, and they want it in the name of abortion to keep the evangelicals happy, and for all of their deregulation of fossil fuels. That's it. The title of our show always varies a little bit from to the time that we write it to the time when uh, I put it up, yeah. uh, you have down survivors continue to tell their story. And that that is right. a key component of the show. I have whale in the dumpster, which is also yeah. kind of the, the failure of, of them to, to not appear guilty. Uh, but the other side of that coin is what this week and what this month has done for women and to women. Um. I think we have, again, this isn't complacency. We haven't become complacent, but I think we are um, naive in thinking that uh, our well-meaning, I want to say this very carefully, it it is a good thing and a right thing, a moral thing and a just thing, to put women victims and victims of sexual violence of any gender in control of when their story comes out, how they proceed with uh, getting justice for that crime uh, or moving on with their lives and not getting justice or not, not involving themselves in the justice system is what I mean by that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Putting victims in control of that is uh, a good, just thing to do. I think we're naive in thinking that that is what happens. Just like I think we're naive in thinking that the Republican Party is not just going to do this anyway, regardless of what it looks like to them, because they don't—they clearly don't believe that there is any uh, <laughs> consequence for them other than we're going to get power or we're not. You know, that's that's our those are our two consequences. And, and and the thing that really does support that is the fact that there's no one in the Republican Party mm-hmm. who's got a conscience. Right. No one. And, or is going, to, is going to have any respect for a victim of sexual violence. No, I mean... At all. I mean, they, the last one... Unless, had, unless it's of, a Democrat who's perpetuated that violence. And we've seen a lot of that. What about Bill Clinton? What about this? What about that? Uh, the, the what about is him on Twitter has been amazing. Uh, but not But not surprising. <laughs> But like like Lindsey Graham used to pretend to have a yeah. conscience when 
John McCain was around to be Jiminy Cricket yeah, yeah. and pull his leash. And now he's just, I thoroughly believe uh, that somebody flipped open a bunch of photographs of him uh, with a Russian accent saying, you want, you want to keep these off the internet? Yeah, right, right. Um, because he has done every single Republican. Uh, Dean Heller, fucking Dean, Dean Heller. Heller, dirty Dean Heller, um, is the guy who last Octo- October of 2016 was saying he's 99% against Trump. Mm-hmm. And now has called the sexual allegation against Kavanaugh a quote little hiccup. It's a hiccup, and went on to call Donald Trump a great leader, and had so, had had a fundraiser with Trump, a, a rally with Trump yesterday. Yesterday, and, and all of these people have one thing in common: they they finally understand the team that they joined. Yep, finally read the fine print on the Faustian bargain they struck with Rush Limbaugh and Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity. 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. This is what it was always going to come to. And now the devil has come for his due. And there's no place for them to run. Um, I mean, there are never Trumpers out there who are floating around saying, well, this all started in 2015 before the, everything was cool. And they're making out like fat rats selling, you know, my, my, my blog posts back to me for $30 a pop. Mm-hmm. But other than that, there's no one in the Republican Party who has anything left. There's no place for any of them to go. They know what their base is like. Finally, it's clear to all of them that the Republican base are just like Donald Trump. And there's nothing left for them but to either leave or capitulate. There's no middle ground anywhere. They can't play this little funny little game that, well, you know, we believe in trade. We believe in freedom. We believe. No, you belong to a fascist organization run by a racist lunatic because your members are fascists who are racist lunatics. And and, and the core, the Republican Party is the party. And I want to get back to this is yes, the party absolutely. of victimizing women. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so survivors continue to tell their story, and this has been going on for a couple of weeks now since Ford's story came out uh, a week ago, uh, Friday, I believe it was, uh, where all of a sudden it's important for women to come forward with their story of sexual assault. And uh, a whole bunch of scars are being reopened and people are feeling an incredible amount of pain, uh, an incredible anguish over having to relive, because that's what you do, uh, relive the crime against you. And uh, not out of any, uh, you know, onus of your own that, that you it's it's news events and it's the fact that your safety as a woman is already threatened by Kavanaugh. So you didn't choose this. But no you didn't chose- choose no one chose to that they had they oh I just I'll just come forward. You know, I'll just I'll just relive this because uh I'm politically active. No, that's not what happened. Yeah. You got a long weekend. Why not kill yeah. it, you know? Why not why not my reliving my, my awful past and, and the very, very bad thing that happened to me that I've tried to bury or that I haven't buried. Uh, but as I have said before on this podcast, women didn't choose this war. We didn't start this war, but we're going to finish it. And, uh, there, there was a sense back in those naive days when we believed Hillary Clinton would be elected president, uh, that you could set aside the crimes of the past and work toward the future. And the future was, we're going to break that glass ceiling. We're going to stay positive and move forward and uh, work toward equality 
You know, I think there are parallels. There are parallels to the Obama administration in all of this. Right. Uh, And we're going to land on this yellow brick road where, yes, we have to get we have to walk down it. We have to work toward it. We have to we have a goal in mind, but we're going to walk down it and and fight the fights we have to fight. We woke up in the Bataan Death March where bombs are going off all around us. And we're really being told, no, we're going back to coat hangers and alley alley deaths. That's where we're back alley deaths. That's where we're going. And we know it. And we're doing it on purpose. On purpose. Because we because that is an organizing principle around which conservatism has formed itself because segregation was was not tasteful in the 70s. So we organized around abortion instead. And and it's a measure of that, if I may add, mm-hmm. that this week, in the middle of all this, it was, hey, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg said she was... Uh, yeah, she and was that's enough. We know, we know, right, right, right. And it's like... And, it's and very I'm triggering sure, for a lot of people to hear that. Yeah. Well, I'm, but I'm sure it got big yucks in the room. Sure it did. And sure, because, and sure he could fundraise off of it with his base. Because the people who say shit like that have... Are ab- this is who they are. They have absolutely no clue that what they're doing is hideously offensive and right. the timing is monstrous and it's the worst possible thing they could say because they don't give a shit because right. they're privileged and they're white and they're men and they don't care. It's right. funny because all of my jag off, you know, country club buddies think it's funny. Well, and what, what, who, the yeah. sh- who the fuck cares what ladies think? Ladies aren't a part of this equation. Well, and that and, some of that is generational as well. But oh yeah, the guy who called Obama the N word and the um oh, yeah. and a Muslim and the F word and and N word and on and on in all caps on Twitter and then yeah. said two things. He said well, that were hilarious. His name was his name was, his name was Stephen Alambic. Okay. And he donated more than $20,000 to the DeSantis, DeSantis campaign. campaign in Florida, who's had now five right. incidents of racist, out-and-out racists right. uh, associated with his campaign, including the candidate. Okay. Uh, he said, number one, look, when I grew up in New York in the 1950s, we were the K-word and they were the N-word and everybody got along. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And then he said, and it's not like I said it in public. I just said it on Twitter. Okay. <laughs> he didn't want, and that, but that's the point. If you're that guy, yeah. you're, never, you're never, there's never any consequence no, to what you no, say. No, of course not. Of course not. You're immune because you're a white guy. Yes. And you got a checkbook. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's got a big checkbook. Absolutely. At the other end of the same asshole spectrum, this uh-huh. was the week when Eric Erickson, oh my you know, God. you know, trusted CNN employee and leader of the 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 conservative movement, and you know, a guy who gets paid to sit in front of a microphone and and make a giant ass of himself. This is Mister uh, Goat Fucker mm-hmm. Eric Erickson, mm-hmm. um, uh, who just this is all this is a righteous uh, Christian campaign to him. Mm-hmm. Oh this yeah, is a burning yeah. cross issue, and he says on Twitter. Several people have told me I should turn down the heat on my defense of Brett Kavanaugh. Y'all, y'all, because he's from the South, you know. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I'm sorry, but I have little patience for a group of people willing to destroy an innocent man so they can keep killing kids, and that's exactly what this is about. Don't mm-hmm. think for a fucking minute that that your neighbors there aren't a bunch of your neighbors out there who don't think hell yeah. 
when they hear mm-hmm. shit like that. Right. This is the, the, the Republican Party is the asshole who uses the N word because I got a big checkbook and my friend thinks it's funny. And the ones who insult Ruth Bader Ginsburg and and at the same time get on their their religious moral high horse about abortion. Right. And, and the question, as always, is how the hell does Eric Erickson have a public platform? How the hell does does CNN keep putting Kellyanne Conway on the air? To because it's money, because shit? it's well-funded, and, and, and they have... And then clap their hands over their face going, oh, my God, she said this crazy thing? What are mm-hmm, you going to do mm-hmm, about it? Mm-hmm. It's a puppet show. It's money. It's a, and it's money. And, and I am impressed. I will say this. I am impressed that the Values Voters Summit is going on and is on C-SPAN. And is news mm-hmm. because they're organized. They know what they want. They're putting their money where their mouth is and they're making it happen. And they made it happen. They did. And we're all horrified at what they're doing to our country. But they worked toward it. They worked and that really was it. that was the thing that Michelle Bachman, she had the craziest speech this morning all sure. about are how sure about the that? Chinese are. Yeah, I'm sure the Chinese are doing face recognition software so that they can identify everybody in the world and give you all a portfolio that will allow you to connect to only certain parts of the internet. And you know, conservative websites, their traffic has dropped 93%. Uh-huh. And of course she, as usual, pulled that right out of her ass. Um, and, but she, she did say two years ago, we wanted to do this. We talked about this at this conference two years ago. Pray for it. Work for it. Fundraise for it. Do it. Do it. Do it. And now we have it. We have both houses of Congress and we have uh, Donald Trump, the most uh, pro-Christian president we've ever had, giving us what we want on Israel, giving us what we want. And it's a golden time for us. It's just a goal. And everyone says golden showers time, which was you know the number mm-hmm. of times she said golden in the speech. She deserved that. Uh mm-hmm. But when she got to John Bolton, that was the biggest applause line in her speech. How long has he been around? Forever. Forever. They've been working on this forever. Well, and I, I only mention that because Gary Bauer was there. Yep. The value voters yep. guy. You know, he's the organizer. He's the organizer of president it, yep. A couple of times. And he said, I pray that someday we will have a United States Senate with 100 senators mm-hmm. that are as decent and moral and good as Judge Kavanaugh. And then he turned around and said, the, the people who are protesting it, were a bunch of Antifa wannabes who were acting like little Nazis. Oh, that's nice. And 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 it's it's the the reason they got this far is that the people who were supposed to be in charge of the establishment, who were supposed to be in charge of making sure crazy didn't get in the door, right? Decided they weren't going to do that anymore. Decided that was ratings. someone else's yep, problem. Decided ratings were more important than and, and then they, they truth. All, yeah. Well, not necessarily that, but they all decided in their little enclave in the beltway that since it wasn't true in their backyard, it wasn't true anywhere. Right. Right. David Brooks, decent guy. I like him. He's a good. And then he tells me Republicans are all just like him. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when I hear these crazy liberals talking about these, you know, the theocrats and the gun nuts and oh, they hate gays. Well, David Brooks isn't any of those things. And he's a Republican. And he tells me they're fine. And so the people who were supposed to be watching out for us, protecting our democracy from a rise of a fascist organization, decided to take 30 years off because it was profitable Mm -hmm. to look the other way. And Mm -hmm. now here we are. And all of those same people still have jobs. That's the part I can't get past. All of them are still on television, in print, on the radio, telling us their opinions and telling us, here are the parameters of our conversation. And that's what's 
that that is the thing that the values voter people and the moral majority people, the CPAC people all understand. Yeah. And that yeah. we on the left still have to get through our heads. I think now that we understand it, but that until we can mount a defense, until we can mount an enterprise as focused and as determined and mm-hmm. as well-funded with a long-range vision that can put the fear of fucking God yeah. into Chuck Todd as much as Gary Bauer does, yep. we're always going to lose. Well, and I think two things are going to happen in the next 10 years and, and even sooner. This year, women voters yeah. are done. They're done. And they are sending money. They are spending a lot of money. The The amount of money that has been raised to defeat Susan Collins if she votes for Brett Kavanaugh. And, you know, of course, the person who gives her a perfect excuse for voting against him today is Donald Trump. He just shot himself in his little toad dick today. <laughs> I was waiting for that. I was waiting for that. Thank you, darling. <laughs> Thank you so much. Because you can't really trip over a dick that small. But you no, can't you can't. You can't shoot yourself in it. Right. Uh, so she now has an excuse. Also, uh, uh, Markowski in Alaska. Uh, the two independent politicians in Alaska have both come out against Kavanaugh. Uh, in defense of Native American populations in Alaska. Apparently there's there's issues that Kavanaugh has not been good at, I'm not surprised, uh, that has caused these uh, statewide politicians in Alaska to oppose him. That gives her an out to say it has nothing to do with sex, it has nothing to do with anything except I'm going to look out for Alaska, my independent, you know, I after their name, politicians mm-hmm. in Alaska are have these concerns. I have these concerns. I'm supporting the people in my state. And sh- so she has an out to vote no, should she decide to do that, which will get easier depending on whether Susan Collins is being honest or not. And I do not trust her. But no. there we've ra- I think it's 1.4 million was the last number I heard has been pledged to defeat her if she votes yes on Kavanaugh. Which is so unconstitutional and unfair <laughs> and, and no, that, but that's right. it. That's it. When when we punch back, we're socialists, we're Antifa, we're terrorists, we're uh, anti-America, we're not Christian, we're not this, we're not that. Okay. And here's the thing, Blue Gal. We're going to play we mean, you know? we don't punch back, we're also un-American, yes, un-fascist. Right, right. yep, it doesn't yep. matter what we do. It literally so doesn't matter so what we do. So let's fight and let's win. Talk about Chekhov's gun for a minute. Yeah. This is a literary trope, folks. Yeah. Is, well, this is this is a, a literary trope, and this is a little throwback. Not to, well, not to science fiction university, but back in the old days, when we used to talk about literature every now and then, um, there is a literary trope called Chekhov's gun or Chekhov's rifle, which is from a play by Anton Chekhov, where you show the gun in the first act and then you use the gun in the third act, and if you're not going to use it, you don't show it. So you'll start you start to see it everywhere you look. It's a pretty common thing. It's you set something up in the first act. You use it in the last act because you don't want to waste any time or plot points or energy on shit that doesn't matter. So as you and I were talking yesterday over coffee at yes, a delightful local spot, the, the Kavanaugh fiasco is not in and of itself this way, but it is part of us as a country at the, at the end of this long, tragic American novel that we're living with a million characters and a thousand plot points, it feels like we're reaching the, the Chekhov's gun portion of our show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because all of, the, all of the plot points, all the factors, all of the little bits that were set in motion over the last 30 years are now all coming into play. 
all of the all of the devil's bargains every Republican has signed is, are now being are now being called. Right. They're now the devil has come, as I said, the devil has come for his due. All of the racism the Republican Party has bet the future on is now coming vomiting out of the mouths of their people in public, which was never the plan. But when you tell them it's okay, it's okay, it's okay long enough, eventually they're going to take you seriously and start behaving this way in public. And you know what? Donald Trump says, great, these are my folks. All the misogyny of the Republican Party, all the misogynist woman-hating, child-hating, immigrant-hating, gay-hating, all the stuff that they built their party on is now being enacted in law to the horror of people who should have goddamn well known better for the last 30 years. Right. And so everything that they've done, all the little pieces they've set in motion, all the stuff that they told us we should never worry about because it wasn't really there, it wasn't really true, ignore the liberals, they're a bunch of alarmists, all of it appears to be converging on this moment in history. And that's when you know you've reached the climax of the novel. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. everything you've set up comes to the point where it's Harry versus Voldemort. <laughs> You know, right. it really has come to the point where, no, it's women and people of color versus the racist American stereotype white male asshole named Donald Trump. That's the, that's the fight that's being set up in the fall. That's the fight we're going to have from now on. And we're squared off in teams now. Yeah. You know, the, the good guys are over here and the bad guys are over there. And the people who are on Team Trump are bad people. They had a chance to get the fuck off that team for 30 years and they chose not to write them off. They're bad people. And, and that's it. There's no, I don't give a shit about independence. I don't want to hear another goddamn word about independence. I don't want to hear another word about, you know, both sides. It's really both sides. You know how it's a shame while Washington and the corrupt Except democracy. you don't want to hear it, but CNN wants to cover it over and oh, over God, again. Oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yes. It's, it just never ends. So, but that's the point. The point is CNN wants to cover a story that doesn't exist. Yep. They want to cover a bunch of Republicans who don't want to take responsibility for being Republicans. And it's getting harder and harder the more the actual beautiful pluralistic rainbow of this country is pressing against that narrative. That narrative cannot withstand the tide that's coming for it. And I don't know what they're going to do after we take away bosiderism from them. (laughs) <laughs> but a whole lot of people are going to be out of work, and I guess that's well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's going to happen. You know, uh, you you wrote about Hugh Hewitt today. I did. Uh, Hugh Hewitt did a uh, tweet yesterday complaining about how Brett Kavanaugh was being put on ice, and how that was not the rule of law, and that was not mm-hmm. due process. And the entire universe tweeted Merrick yes, Garland was a fucking in between yeah. the Merrick and the Garland mostly. Right. But yeah. Yeah. Right. And so uh, today, Hugh Hewitt said, uh, tell them what Hugh Hewitt said. Well, you have to understand that Hugh Hewitt is a cyborg sent from the future to destroy America. <laughs> so Hugh Hewitt doesn't know how to process human emotions. Well, he didn't know how to process so much input at once that everyone was tweeting back at him, Merrick Garland, on ice, are you fucking kidding me? Merrick Garland waited over a year. Are you ki-? And you can't wait three days for an FBI report. He's a fucking robot, mm-hmm. okay? And he has a prime directive. And the prime directive is pack the court, pack the court, pack the court. And nothing's going to stand in the way of that. And suddenly it looks like you're asking him to consider things that might interfere with his prime directive. This has made him go mad. So today he tweeted, the incantation of Merrick Garland is a cult-like reflex telegraphing a child's grasp of constitutional structure and a slavish devotion to left-wing democratic talking points. But keep at it. It worked so well in 2016. 
This uh-huh. is the guy. Uh-huh. And Hugh Hewitt, this is, the, this is really important. Hugh Hewitt has always been this big of an asshole. Yeah. He's always been a sociopath. He's always been a robot. He's always been soulless. And he was hired in 2016 by MSNBC as part of their campaign that, that, that used the slogan, people might start accusing us of leaning too far to the right. Yeah. Yeah. And now his show is still on their schedule, but he's not on their air anymore. And now he's just another underutilized asset that they use a shitload of money they could have used to keep on Melissa Harris Perry. Mm-hmm. Decided to give that money to Hugh Hewitt, and Hugh Hewitt is this guy. And Hugh Hewitt has no business sticking his fat nose in public opining about anything except on his own radio show. Any network that hires this asshole, anybody who puts him in front of a camera is the same morally bankrupt institution that would put Kellyanne Conway in front of a camera. Yep. That's the problem. Yep. There's there's nobody at the top of these things who has a conscience. It's just, I need to plug in a right-wing asshole in this period because you know what? They might be monsters. They might be fascists. They might be racist. They might be misogynist. They might be homophobes, but they're also paying customers. Well, and I have to fill the time in a way that is balanced and i have to give 50 percent of the field to 21 percent of the country over and over again uh drift glass but what i the thing i wanted to point out to you i don't know if you noticed what hugh hewitt was tweeting about between the on ice tweet and the incantation tweet uh football football yeah he had retweeting and the cleveland browns won a game which is wonderful and fantastic i'm a i like cleveland i'm from ohio uh but it was it was football. Yeah. And that's what Republicans I mean, there is no problem with Hugh Hewitt having a Cleveland Browns football no. radio Great. show. He can switch to that, that. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh but let me you just... know, they're gonna go there's gonna be a whole lot of interest in country music and football when Democrats take over power again. But and me, then and then say... then then we'll do another Benghazi, I guess, because no one pays any price on the right. Let me just say that when um my own crazy uncle Liberty uh, mm-hmm. uh, who I've just stopped, you know, talking to. There's just no mm-hmm. point in it. It's just, you know, every few days it's, you know, Maxine Waters is out of her mind and some bug-eyed cartoon of her screaming and impeach, impeach. It's just, they are, they're all like this. They're all like this in public and mm-hmm. private. They're all this way. But it was always the case that whenever I would take 90 seconds out of my busy day <laughs> and debunk whatever batshit conspiracy theory came across the transom, the next response would be, well, you know, both sides do it. Right. It's both sides who are to blame. And the response after that would be something about football. Yeah. Or yeah. something about cars. Yeah. Quick, change the fucking subject. I'm losing this argument, so let's talk about something we can agree on. Now, I'd love to talk about football with you, Hugh. I'd love to talk about cars with you. I'd love to talk about aerodynamics or manufacturing. Are you going to stop being a monster? Are you going to stop being a monstrous enabler of other monsters? No. Well, then I don't care about anything else you have to say on any subject. Because what you're doing is you're distracting from the fact that you're a terrible, terrible person who shouldn't be allowed anywhere near a fucking microphone. That's the problem with talking about football. If you want to talk about football exclusively, go with God. But when it's just a, oh, I'm failing this argument, let us talk about the local sports team now. Right, right. It's no, let's talk about your lack of a soul and what that's. <laughs> All right, Drift Glass, let's run through the, uh, the news, of the news day. roundup. Sure. And then I have I have something, a letter from a listener to read, and then we'll wrap Absolutely. up. Well, I, I think one story that went very underreported last week, uh, this is, this is a, a never Trump story that I like. Mm-hmm. I think this is where the rubber meets the road. We talked about it a little bit last week, but the guy named Les Wexner, 
Mm-hmm. Renounced mm-hmm. the Republican party, party affiliation, renounced his Republican Party affiliation after Barack Obama stopped in Columbus, Ohio. Yep. This is the only one that I know of that completely freaked out Bill Crystal, who begged him to stop and consider and stay with the party because this one had a tangible effect mm-hmm. on Bill Crystal's plans to lead the mighty Cruz Rubio GOP after Trump is gone. Yeah. This yeah. guy took his money away. Yeah. That actually counts. If you are a never Trumper and you show up at my door with a check saying, I'm not going to give another goddamn dime to these people. I'm giving it to Democratic causes. You're in. Mm-hmm. If you show up at my door with the plans, the Death Star, the GOP Death Star. It's great. If you show me how to blow up the GOP Death Star, you're in. Uh-huh. If you show up at my door with your book, which sounds a lot like my blog from 2006 and say, I'm selling this for $30 a copy because fuck it. There's money to be made ripping you people off. And I have friends in the media, so I'm going to call myself a rebel right up until you guys win again, that I'm going to knife you in the back. You're not on my team. Right. You're right. a saboteur that dumb people are letting inside my perimeter, and I object to it. So, But this guy actually caused a ripple because he made it real. The only thing Bill Crystal respects is money and publicity and votes. Mm-hmm. You take those away from him, you get his attention. Yep. Everyone else, if everything else is just talk. Well, so that, and I think I think that's going to be the lesson of this year in in forty eight days is I hope so. the amount of money that's going into Emily's list, the amount of money that's going into these house races from women who are small donors who are raising it, who are knocking on doors. You're knocking on doors. I make I'm doing postcards to voters. Uh, the work that we're putting into this um, is so it's it's still beneath the surface. That's what just in a way, galls me, and on the other hand, I figure they'll find out. They'll find out on election day what this what this means, and it will be. We have to be concerned about women voters. We have to think about how this affects women voters. They they're already worried about this. They're planning. The, they have a desire to hire a woman lawyer to question Doctor Ford. What the fuck? Great. You know, this is just like Les Moonves deciding that his secretary can fill out his forms and his, his training on harassment. You know, we're going to book your, you'll book my travel, you'll do my books and do my anti-harassment training because that's what they did for CBS. There's a, a, a moment, the, the women's movement, as you described it, and the way women are reacting, as mm-hmm. we can see on the ground among people, oddly enough, reminded me of Lawrence of Arabia. Hmm. When he was talking about attacking across the desert. Mm-hmm. Because nobody would attack across the desert. They would never see it coming because no one in their right minds would believe it's possible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I just have a feeling it's – or a little bit like the Fremen in the in Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the people who were abusing the planet, squeezing it dry, treating them like shit, killing them, uh, thought there were a few thousand desert dwellers on the fringes. You could ignore them. You could safely ignore them. turns out they were an army of millions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they saw their moment and they took it and they won. Yeah, um, I think that that the Republican Party is radically underestimating how deeply they have pissed off um, everybody who is not a white privileged male asshole. Yep, yep. Since those are the only people they talk to. Well, and they the whole world has radically underestimated the number of women who are victims of sexual assault because we don't talk about it. So, uh, yeah, we have a correction. We're going to get to the correction. Yeah, Nikki Haley's rapes didn't cost $58,000. Okay, they didn't. And and, uh, they were ordered during the Obama administration, and there's a lot of New York real estate is just a mess. I mean, (laughs) 
Yeah. It's very expensive yeah, we, we to live there. <laughs> by the way, we didn't make this story up whole, out no. of whole cloth, no pun intended. Uh, we, we pulled it from, I think, Time or Newsweek yeah. or whoever. A, a People who get paid to do this reporting uh, took us aside and leaked the story to us. So Yeah, right, you know, right. Uh, speaking of leaked stories that stink on ice, uh-huh. um, Rod Rosenstein, apparently, it's been a rumor being reported in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that Rod Rosenstein uh, once proposed secretly taping Donald Trump and removing him via the 25th Amendment. First of all, this reeks of Team Trump. It does. It's, it's Don Jr. It's got to be. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And secondly, it reeks of something that a pissed off Rod Rosenstein might have said in passing. Now, imagine if he'd said, and this is, I, I'm repeating something I heard on the TV just a little while ago. Um, what if he'd said, well, fuck you. What if I just, why don't I just go wear a goddamn wire then, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. How, how about I go in there, wear a wire, and then we'll get rid of them through the 25th Amendment? Something you say, a sarcastic remark that you shot from the hip two years ago suddenly becomes the new Benghazi. Well, and it's right at the moment that he fired the FBI director. So, yeah. Uh, Okay. You want to do the next one? Sure. Donald Trump uh, has no attorney general, which came as a real surprise to me. because America has an attorney general. It happens to be Jeff Sessions, and I wish all of them were gone. But, you know, that's the way that is. Oopsie doopsie. Uh, Trump attorney John Dowd tried to use the White House Legal Defense Fund to pay off legal fees for both Paul Manafort and Rick Gates. Isn't that special? That's so special. Uh, There's a a bunch of stories that come out of immigration this Mm -hmm. week that are all sad and all heartbreaking and all just, you know, uh, another group that I swear to God, if there's any justice in this country, um, none of these people will be able to put their head, show their face in public Mm -hmm. ever again. Uh, federal immigration officials, officers from July to September, arrested dozens of undocumented immigrants who came forward to care for undocumented children held in U.S. custody. They're using children as bait. Uh-huh. Also, the Trump administration is unable to account for nearly 1,500 additional migrant children who are placed with sponsors after leading, leaving federal shelters. The revelation comes months after a similar admission in April concerning an initial 1,475 children. This is also traffickers heaven is what it is. Uh, The Department of Health and Human Services wants to reallocate 266 million of your tax dollars uh, to pay for detention camps for immigrant children. Yeah. And that's coming out of cancer research. That's coming out of healthcare programs. That's coming out of your pocket. Uh, Now, yes, there's a crisis. Yes, there are uh, migrant refugees who need uh, housing, but there was a plan. There was a system in place to find them housing, to put a uh, electronic cuff on them, and it was working. But it was an Obama plan, so it had to go. And it wasn't racist enough, and it wasn't a deterrent for people to cross the border. Well, two things. If if an electronic cuff is good enough for some of the people that middle child goes to school with, mm-hmm. it's good enough for this. Mm-hmm. Secondly, mm-hmm. there was a, co- let's, in the midst of history, there was a comprehensive immigration plan that had been agreed on that, that Barack Obama had approved, mm-hmm. the Senate had passed. Who blocked it? Republicans in the House. Yep. The reason we're in this shitty, shitty situation is because they burned the building down. Now they're complaining about the ashes. Yep. So yep. this is who they are. Uh, declassifying documents on orders of Vladimir Putin, Lou Dobbs, and Janine Pirro. Trump yeah. really, really wants to declassify and release unredacted versions of Carter Page's FISA warrant. Yeah. Uh, there are certain members of the U.S. Senate that, and also the FBI that do not want that to happen. Uh, yeah, also, 
foreign leaders apparently threw a couple of pitches at his head and said, back off, man. Yeah. That, that, those are our sources. Right. Right. Um, but he still wants to be able to tell the pig people that he's going to do it anyway. Yeah. You know, I'll take, we got to listen to him because, you know, the leaders, but we're going to do it anyway. Right. So it's the same kind of, you know, half witted double talk that is music to their stupid little ears. Um, Donald Trump insists there's no role for the FBI in investigating anything to do with uh, Brett Kavanaugh. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, no call mm-hmm. for it. No need for it. Just forget about it. Uh, we talked about Dean Heller and his hiccup comment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Speaking of Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. Donald Trump told Spain's foreign minister to build a wall across the Sahara. It's the same length as our border, right? No, it's about a thousand miles longer and it's through a sandy desert. Can't put a still, wall up. Still. No. Yeah. Um, there's a wonderful article I'd like to recommend to everyone mm-hmm. uh, in the Washington Post. We'll put a link up. Washington Post. Why do all, the, why do all these racists keep joining the GOP? <laughs> uh, good question. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Ron DeSantis. Uh, Pennsylvania State Representative introduced a bill to ban public school teachers from discussing politics in the classroom. Yeah. Reminds me of a joke. <laughs> I, one, I walked into a bar and started talking about politics, and the guy says, yeah, we don't talk about politics here. And he's like, oh, shit, man. It's a bar. Is it? Yeah, but we're not, we don't talk about politics here. So, and then, so the guy starts talking about religion. The, guy says, the bartender says, yeah, we don't, we don't allow people to talk about religion. Really? No, no politics, no religion. And the guy says, nope, not in this bar. Sorry, sorry. And the guy asks, well, what about sex? He goes, oh, you can talk about sex all you want. And the guy says, good, then go fuck yourself. Because <laughs> that's what bars are for. Barbershop and schools. You don't want kids to talk about politics in schools. Do you know how fast Junior Dude would have fled that institution? Oh, my gosh. If he couldn't talk about what's happening to his country right now and how it relates to the history of his country yeah. and the constitution of his country. The whole, and point, the, the whole point is that... Students have really strong opinions about things. They do. And they it, do. it awakens their brain cells to talk about it. And it, it doesn't have to be indoctrination as to one side or the other. It doesn't have to be that. Let the students read the newspaper. Look at the, you, you do need to teach them. I'm sorry. I, I'm wrong. You do need to teach them that Fox News is bullshit. You do. Yeah, you do. You do. You do. I apologize. And if that's a yes, problem for you, then, then there's sorry. a lovely private school. Yep. Segregation where they will talk. Po- where people. they will talk politics. <laughs> or they'll also won't trouble your your mind with uh, mentions of Hillary Clinton right. and Helen Keller, oh. who've been written out of the education curriculum in Texas. Right. So isn't that right. nice? Right. So um, how many reporters does your local paper have, Drift Glass? Take a wild guess, Blue Gal. Two. Seven. Wow. Our local paper has seven full-time reporters or full-time <laughs> equivalent reporters. That's it. That's all. For 120,000 people. Oh, more than that. This is the, remember they cover they cover Central Illinois. They cover the state capital. They're supposed to cover politics. They're supposed to cover business here. Our local paper is basically five pages, then ten pages of ads. Yeah, yeah. Um, and of those five pages, one of them or two of them are op-ed columns and letters. And the op-ed column today is Ann Coulter. Yep. Um, this is this is we live in Trump country, and in Trump country. When you are that thin, when you literally are down to seven people in charge of all of the news for Central Illinois, um, and they're just jumping from one thing to the next to the next, um, you know, going from sports to business to whatever. Maybe we got some guy to talk about local local issues. Um, you depend on subscriptions, and when you depend on subscriptions, you don't write columns. You you self censor. You don't write things in the paper in the pages where you have some control over it that say. Maybe the problem with our politics is that one of our two major parties is insane. Mm-hmm. 
maybe that's a problem that we should talk about as a community. You don't write things like that because when you do, two-thirds of your customers cancel a paper and you go out of business and you have zero reporters. So I understand the economics of it. I just think it's it's tragic that there's there appears to be no alternative. And the people who crank out right-wing think pieces, right-wing rip-and-read uh, content, right-wing press releases have an infinite amount of money and are fully staffed all the time. And that's something that, again, just if it, that doesn't change, this is not going to get right. any better. Right. Drift Class, so we have a letter from a listener. Hello, Drift Class and Blue Gal. I'm a longtime listener and contributor. Thank you very much. As you are aware, it's high holiday season in Judaism. Yom Kippur was, last, was this week, Rosh Hashanah last week, and Sukkot is rapidly approaching. Anyway, I thought of you two when I stumbled across this reading in the Rosh Hashanah prayer book we use at my Reformed Temple in Indianapolis, Indiana. It reads, Remember the stories of slavery and you will never stop working for freedom. Remember their fear at the edge of the sea and self-doubt will never defeat you. Remember when desperation turned to celebration and you will never let go of hope. Remember the words of the Baal Shem Tov, Forgetfulness leads to exile. Remembrance is the secret of redemption. And uh, yes, those of us on the left have been tasked with the often heavy burden of remembering the past, as you mentioned weekly. And although telling the truth, understanding the facts, and keeping a proper historical record is usually a thankless job, I hope this reading inspires you as it inspired me that this work is holy. Remembering is vital. And it's the only thing that will save us. Thank you very much for sending that letter. Thank you. That's a that's a heavy burden. It's a heavy burden, but we're not alone. We have each other. Yep. I don't know that I, I live up to holy all the time. <laughs> um, sometimes you're I, the opposite of holy drift glass. Yeah, sometimes I'm, I'm holy. <laughs> but I do appreciate the I do appreciate some and I do it this is not this is where it's really important you and I do this for each other. Yeah. Lift yeah. ourselves out of the moment and say, where, where are we standing in history? Yeah. Who has been through this before in history? Absolutely. What, how do we, how do we understand where we're at? And, and a short term is you and I go back to 2004, mm-hmm. which, mm-hmm. you know, you and I both, we didn't know each other then yeah. we weren't writing on the internet then, but I'm sure you and I both had the same shock and, and just br- unable to breathe moment when it turned out that George W. Bush had won re-election. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, how, what, what the hell country do I live in that this guy's, this guy's obviously incompetent. He's dangerous. He's lied us into the wrong war. He's fucking that war up. He's pissed away that he's, who, who are my neighbors? Who are these people? Yeah. And it was blogging that saved yep. us. Yep. It was talking and blogging is just a means of communication. Yeah. It was finding each other in the dark and letting each other know that we're not alone and that this is not unique and that. And that this is something that there's millions of us on the side of on, on the side of good and the side of the angels, yep. and that we are not going to sit still for this. Right. Uh, and it'll save us again. And you know this is going to happen again. It's going something this horrible is going to come along down the pipe. Hopefully not ever again in my lifetime. But um, it's it's knowing that each other are out there and and holding each other and reaching out to each other and letting each other know that we're not alone that saves us and remembering the past, remembering how we got here. Don't let people rob you of your history. Don't let them pretend that this all started two years ago because it didn't. And people who tell you that are lying to you. The question then becomes, why are they lying to you? What do they have to gain? What profit? Absolution? Why do people want you to forget the past? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That's an important question. Yep. Because it's embarrassing to them is a big answer. A big yeah, part of the is. answer. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. Drift class this week, we're going to make Zeppo the Internet Kitty again. Yeah, that's a great it's, idea. You know, it's just t- her time again. She's yeah. an old lady kitty. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would love to have more kitties. Please send in your kitty to us. We're, we're in need of kitties. Uh, at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com. Please put Internet Kitty in the subject line of your email. I can't we find might, them otherwise. We might even put in a, a, a sheep every now and then. A sheep or a dog or a gecko. Yes, whatever pet you have. But whatever pet you send us, please put Internet Kitty in the subject line of the email. Proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go, Postal Unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job, and we do need your support. I know a lot of people are helping uh, donate to congressional campaigns this year this time of year uh but we still have our electric bill to pay so uh, if you can help us out with five bucks we appreciate it and uh, we do this for you guys every week and we appreciate your support right back approximately one percent of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution and you can too see our website proleftpod.com for details both our paypal and postal address information is there at proleftpod.com Please share our show on Facebook or Twitter, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? You know, Blue Gal, Zeppo, the Internet Kitty, doesn't have an attorney general either. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, dubbing. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2018, DGBG Productions Incorporated.